welcome to Tech Law Talks. I am Anthony Diana, a member of Reed Smith's Tech and Data Group. In each episode of this podcast, we will discuss cutting edge issues on technology, data, and the law. We will provide practical observations on a wide variety of technology and data topics to give you quick and actionable tips to address the issues you are dealing with every day. Thank you for listening to this new podcast series, which will focus on the upcoming new patent system in Europe. My name is Marianne Schaffner. I'm leading the IP practice in Europe. I represent this podcast series with Thierry Lottier, who is a European patent attorney and a lawyer. We are both partners at Reed Smith in Paris. Our practice focuses on all aspects of patents, prosecution, transactions, litigation. We have litigated many times patents in different jurisdictions in Europe, as well as in the US. In this podcast series, we want to give you a glimpse of the upcoming changes in the European patent system, both in terms of patent prosecution, with the unitary patent, and in terms of patent litigation, with the Unified Patent Court, or UPC. And we will see that these two topics are intertwined. Why this podcast now? Because the UP and UPC are about to come to birth. Awaited for decades, delayed by Brexit, German constitutional complaints, they will enter into force early in 2023. Our primary focus is to explain how the system will impact your business, your patent prosecution, your agreements, your patent litigation strategy, as well as how it will impact your competitors and what actions you should consider now. Earlier this year, the UPC Preparatory Committee has entered into a provisional application phase, which has opened a series of actions, such as finalizing rules of procedure to be published on 1st September 2022, hiring and training judges, setting the IT system. Everything is done now to get ready for day one. Germany has not ratified the UPC agreement yet, but should do so very soon. Upon this ratification, the system will enter into force on the first day of the fourth month after this ratification. From that date, a so-called sunrise period of three months will begin to allow the industry to get prepared for the new system. In this first podcast, we will discuss what you need to know about the unitary patent and the unified patent court. We will then release two other podcasts, one on what you need to do if you have European patents, and one on what you need to do if your competitors have European patents. Going back to this first podcast, we will discuss three topics. First, a bit of European geography. Second, the unitary patent. And third, the unified patent court. We could have started with history, but what matters now is the present and the future of the system. So let's start with a bit of geography to understand the borders of the territories of the patent system. That's not an easy thing. The European Union comprises 27 member states, no longer the UK since Brexit. In the patent world, there is the surname EPC zone, which comprises the states which are members of the European Patent Convention. There are 38 countries, 27 EU member states, plus the UK, plus 10 other countries located in Europe. 
soon Montenegro would become the 39th member state. This zone is covered by the filing of the European patent applications we are all familiar with. With the UPC system, we have one additional zone in Europe. This zone will consist of 24 EU member states out of the 27 EU member states. Why? Because Spain and Poland decided not to join, and Croatia became an EU member state after the signature of the UPC agreement. But nothing is easy, as I said. As a start, we'll have a temporary zone limited to the states having ratified the UPC agreement. Thus, the system will start with only 17 member states, pending the ratification of the seven other member states. We can expect that they will rapidly ratify after the entry into force of the UPC system. And for instance, Ireland has already announced it will ratify in 2023. Let's talk now about the unitary patent, which is actually not a new patent, but the abbreviation of European patent with unitary effect. So a unitary patent is basically a European patent. The unitary patent is simply another option that is given to applicants upon validation of a European patents in the countries of a choice after the grants. To understand the unitary patent, if we look at the situation in Europe now, you know that you can either file national patent applications, which will be examined and granted by national patent offices on a country-by-country -country basis, or you can file a European patent application, which will be centrally examined and granted by the European Patent Office, or EPO. This application will cover 38 countries during examination, and then, upon its grant, the European patent will split into a bundle of national patents with their own validation process and their own sets of annuities. This means that most patent owners usually do not seek a protection in 38 countries, but more pragmatically in 5 to 10 countries. Soon, with the unitary patent, this current system will not change much you can still find national patent applications or European patent applications. European patent applications are still examined by the EPO and they will still cover 38 countries during examination. What will change is that upon the grant of the European patent, within one month from the grant, you will have the choice between first going for the classic country-by-country -country validation so the current European patent system as we know it. And second, seeking for a unitary effect for your patent, which means that the patent will cover up to 24 countries at the same time. And it will be considered as one single patent in these countries. And you can do so with only one validation process and only one set of annuities. This second option, the unitary effect, will be a huge improvement for patent prosecution in Europe. But if you consider the figures I've just referred to, you can understand that a European patent application can cover 38 countries, but then, after grants, the unitary patent will cover only up to 24 countries, and actually only the 17 countries that have both signed and ratified the UPC agreement, at least at the start. 
For the other countries, the classic country-by-country -country validation will still be necessary. This means that most patent owners will need to have a unitary patent for the 24 UPC countries and the classic European patent for the other countries such as the UK. We will discuss in our second podcast the pros and cons of the unitary patent. But at this stage, you should keep in mind that a unitary patent can only be enforced before the UPC, while classic European patents, during a transitional period at least, can be enforced either before the UPC or before national courts. Let's move now to the Unified Patent Court, the famous UPC. Under the current system, European patents can be enforced like national patents. That is to say, only one national part of the European patent can be enforced before one national court. To enforce a European patent in multiple countries, national proceedings have to be started before multiple national courts. And this leads to risk of irreversible decisions about the same patent, same infringement and also to risk of inconsistencies between the arguments filed nationally. This thus requires a heavy coordination. The UPC intends to overcome these disadvantages. The UPC has exclusive jurisdiction over classic European patent and for unitary patent matters disputes. The UPC is made of a central division with its seats in Paris and a branch in Munich, as well as local and regional divisions. In a nutshell, the central division will have jurisdiction over patent revocations and declarations of non-infringement, while the local divisions will have jurisdiction over patent infringement actions and over possible counterclaims for revocation, unless the parties agree to bifurcate the counterclaim and bring it before the central division. We'll prepare another podcast series on the functioning of the UPC. So back to the question of the jurisdiction. At the very beginning, the exclusive jurisdiction of the UPC will only be true for the unitary patents valid in the countries having ratified the UPC agreement. For the classic European patents, a transition period of seven years has been created to allow the owners of the patent to opt out from the exclusive jurisdiction of the UPC. Hence, there will be a concurrent jurisdiction between the national courts and the UPC. In addition, European patents which have already been litigated nationally prior to the entry into force of the new system or during the seven-year transition period will be excluded from the jurisdiction of the UPC. In the next podcast, we'll explain in detail how and when an opt-out can be filed. The new system will lead to smart enforcement and defensive strategies. We will see that the question of the jurisdiction of the UPC is very important because, be it at the prosecution stage or at the litigation stage, everything may very well boil down to the following question. Do I want my European patents to fall within the jurisdiction of the UPC? Or do I want to avoid the UPC and go before national courts? This will be the topic of our next podcast, what you need to do if you have European patents. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.
Tech Law Talks is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Allie McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's tech and data practice, please email techlawtalks at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and reedsmith.com, and our social media accounts at reedsmithllp on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Any views, opinions, or comments made by any external guest speaker are not to be attributed to Reed Smith LLP or its individual lawyers. All rights reserved.